Life can be many things to many people. What do you want your life to be? In this exclusive Spotify podcast, discover the art of living with Gurudev. Gurudev, what's better for our spiritual growth, being married or being single? Well, what is better is to be happy whether married or single. You have people who are single and unhappy that is not a nice thing and you have people who are married and who are unhappy that's also not a right thing whether you're single or married doesn't matter what is desirable is clarity of mind and purity of heart gurudev why aren't you married <laughs> well i'm married to a thing called art of living <laughs> the organization which takes me around it keeps me driving around the globe gurudev is there any such thing as a soul mate if yes how do i know that i have found my soul mate you first meet your soul then you will find you can find your soul mate also when you yourself are in confusion your mind is in a cloud all the time you are over ambitious and you are self centered then i tell you can't meet your soul and if you have never met your soul then soul mate is very far away gurudev is there any uh, spiritual practice to attract the right person in our life <laughs> if you are really spiritual only right things get attracted to you gurudev how do i deal with rejection you should understand the people who reject anything or anybody they are not so intelligent <laughs> the best way to deal with rejection is not recognize it i know that they have not recognized the goodness in you and rejection should be countered with uh, pitying them and also see how you can express yourself better gurudev um friendship is comforting it's uh, emotional and long lasting um passion is exciting it's physical it's sexual but tends to be short lived how can we keep both passion and friendship in a relationship in friendship you are there to uh, give in passion you want to take something out of passion must be there in life that's okay but it should be in the background and the forefront should be the uh, the willingness to give you know if you want things to work well <laughs> uh, gurudev uh, does having a sex life affect our spiritual growth if that was the case then it would have been a blanket ban for people you will never get spiritually elevated if you are married but that is not the case there are many rishis and householders are also given the dharma that they can also experience moksha ha what is detrimental is obsession obsession of with any of the sense objects obsession about food about sex about movies whatever it is is not congenial it's not continual even for a healthy living let alone for spiritual growth for spiritual growth moderation and centeredness this is what is necessary nowhere it is said uh, the couple or married people cannot attain 
liberation or higher states of consciousness. It's not, it's not true. It's not there like that. Ah, but if you are draining yourself day and night and you are obsessed with sex, no way. Gurudev, how do you deal with your partner's silent treatment? <laughs> <laughs> Silently better. <laughs> Gurudev, what to do if neither words nor silence can get the message quite through to the partner? <laughs> well, I am not experienced in this, let me tell you. See, what we must understand is in any relationship, don't think it should be very plat, always lovey-dovey, sweetie-sweetie and sort of mushy-mushy. Imaginary emotional harmony which we conceptualize by the movies or other things. You know, when you are in love, you just go around the tree and singing songs. And it's not going to... Life, you must face the bitter truth of life. And if you can hold hands in the bitter circumstances that life poses in front of and move through it, then you, uh, your bonding becomes strong. We must know that, see, in um, any relationship or in anything, there could be ups and downs. And if downs come, don't mind it. Usually what we do, if we have 10 good days and one bad day, that one bad day dominates your memory. It dominates your life. You must see to it from the other side. It's okay to have one bad day. It only brings contrast. And you don't expect your partner to give you compliments all the time. Sometimes they may think you are just a donkey, a vegetable, <laughs> a stupid guy or a stupid lady. And if such comments come, you know, you should take it like achar, <laughs> like mirchi, you know, like spice in your food. That broadened mindset can only and only come if we have common goal to achieve. And if we have our attention on the spiritual values of life. Without that life, it is very shallow. You know, it will not have the dignity, depth. Neither it brings depth to one's personality nor uh, in the relationship. So it's absolutely essential for people to take some time, go within. Meditation again and again. I say, if you keep meditating, you don't store your stress and one day pour it on your spouse or on your partner. So these garbages that we collect on a daily basis in our interaction due to stress and all that stuff, we can process that every day and feel free through meditation. And time to time we must do some silence retreat. From morning till night you are with the same person talking, talking, talking and then, you know, it could be very nauseating. However good the person, you must remember to take some time for you, yourself and go into deep silence. Even few days in a year will rejuvenate you and make you um, blossom. Yeah. It will be more beautiful. Gurudev, how to strike the perfect balance between mother and wife? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And is it even possible? You just don't stand in the middle. <laughs> you just let them have their own fireworks. And you be witness. If you take any sides, you are into problem. Even if you don't take sides, even then you get into problem. So this is really a skill that you, that you need. Only you have to pray to God to give you that skill. Gurudev, in a relationship, how to deal with a partner who is emotionally unavailable? See, in a relationship, you must keep in mind, don't go by their outer expressions. Usually, men also feel emotions, but they don't express so much. Because our culture in the world has been like that. Men were asked not to uh, express their emotions. Or rather, they follow their... Um, you know, ancestors, their fathers and their chachas, uncles. You will see elders in the family, men usually don't express their emotions. And so, they, uh, they walk in their footsteps. But women are more expressive. And what happens, a woman is expecting the same type of emotional response from men also. There are some men who do it, but not, not most of the men. So you must understand that. Your partner may not express emotions, but don't conclude they don't have it. They do have it. You must take it for granted they do have emotions. You know, when a death happens in family, men often don't cry. But it doesn't mean that they have no sorrow. Similarly, when there is joy, and they don't just dance and jump up and down and laugh a lot and express their emotions. Because the culture around the globe is such that it has somehow streamlined or suppressed men's emotions. So do not expect them to express the emotion the way you do it. But if my partner cheated on me but asked for forgiveness later, I feel betrayed, I don't know if I can trust her, but I also don't want to throw away the relationship I've built with her. What should I do? Listen, now, how can she ask forgiveness before she made a mistake? <laughs> Number one, forgiveness comes only later, when you become aware of it. And mistakes happen in an unconscious state of mind. When you are not aware, when you are not... Um, clear in your mind, then you do mistakes. But when you realize you did something wrong, only then you ask forgiveness. And it is quite human to forgive. Like it is said, it's human to make errors, it's human to forgive also. You put yourself in that place. Suppose a mistake happens through you. And you are not forgiven, even in spite of you asking ten times. Would you like it? No. So when you expect others to forgive you, and you forgive not for their sake, forgive so that you are free. Otherwise, you are carrying the other person's mistake in your head. You should know the psychology behind that lie. Why would someone lie to you? Because they care for your uh, connection or your the relationship with you, more than anything else, more than truth. So they lie to you so that they don't want to lose 
you are love for them. If they don't care for you, they will tell the truth. <laughs> they don't worry about the consequence. They lie to you because your connection is more important for them. You are more important for them than the truth. That is why people lie. If we understand the psychology behind lies, you know what happens? You become a large-hearted person. You become a person of great understanding. Who would not want a person of great understanding? Huh? Isn't that what anyone expects in any relationship? Not just boyfriend, girlfriend or husband, wife. Even with parents, teachers, neighbors, friends. What is the basis of all religions? Understanding. The understanding which goes beyond the verbal expressions. What one says is not so important than what one is or what one feels. If you can see beyond their words, only then you have real bonding. See, a mother knows the child beyond its words. And so does the child. That's why their bonding is so strong. This is it. Someday mother say, get lost. She doesn't mean that. But the bonding is much deeper. So any relationship can only move on when the, when the bonding is not just on the verbal or expression of their feelings, emotions or even action. It should be seen much beyond that. Then that bonding is the true bonding. Gurudev, when someone asks or proposes for marriage, how do we decide whether we go ahead, whether this could be a long-lasting or not? Sometimes it seems like a good idea, sometimes it seems maybe not. So how do we get past this conflict? Well, this conflict will continue even after marriage. <laughs> Our mind always fluctuates. That is the nature of mind. Why about relationship? You just go to a restaurant and uh, you take some time to order. But if you keep di discussing or judging which one to take, and you will remain hungry for the whole time. So, somewhere you have to see, it has to be a combination of your head and heart. You cannot just decide things that matter to your life only through your head, only through logic. Because logic changes and logic depends on your limited understanding. That's why you must use that something that you have, that's intuition. Tap into that. And to tap into intuition, there is no other way than meditation. Okay? Gurudev, what would your advice be for young couples looking to start a family? My blessings? Go ahead. <laughs> Don't delay, go ahead. <laughs> if you are delaying too much, then the generation gap becomes bigger. I would say go ahead. Gurudev, sometimes it seems that having children on the path is an obstacle, as one gets less time to do sadhana, seva and be with you. Is it like that? It's completely an individual choice. There are people with children, they still do a lot of good work in society. That, is, that need not be the case. 
You see, and there are people who are single who just waste their time. They do very little, <laughs> anything significant in their life. So you cannot put the blame on the kids, you see. Um, oh, I have kids, so I cannot do this. These are all just our concepts that we build over the period of time. If you want to do some good work, seva, if you want to do sadhana, you can do in spite of all the responsibility. But if you prefer to, to do something much bigger and travel more or do some good work in society, then it is your choice. Then it's good, yes. Children do take lot of your energy, they take lot of your attention, they take a big chunk of your time, no doubt. Gurudev, how does one move on after a painful divorce? You should feel like a free bird. <laughs> you know, I was in a cage. Oh my God, good I am out. Where I was stuck in this beautiful world with so many people, seven billion people, three billion people whom I could have had bigger, better choices. I got into a cage with somebody made myself miserable, thank God, thank myself. You should be happy. When you are moved out and you got divorced, then you should simply be flying. Why did you get divorced? So that you want freedom, you want to be happy. And even after getting divorced, if you keep thinking about the past, then that divorce has not served the purpose. You could as well have been miserable being in the relationship. Gurudev, what should the future generation do? Should they wait for their parents to find them a partner or should they find a partner themselves? See, why you decide for future generation? <laughs> Leave it to them. <laughs> let them have their choice, you know. If they ask their parents to find, let them do it. And if they say, no, I'll find myself and let them do it. So from a parent's perspective? See, there is no should or there is no should not. You must have um, that freedom in your life. When you say, I should, 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 we have so many shoulds and we get ourselves so shrouded by the shoulds and we don't realize uh, what life is. Yeah, You don't feel the freedom. I would say you must feel freedom. Only freedom can assure love blossoming in your life. In a restricted mindset, in environment, atmosphere, you cannot blossom. You, the love cannot express itself. Love cannot blossom. So first and foremost, freedom. Freedom of the spirit. Here, freedom appears to be contrary to discipline. It should not be that type of freedom that, uh, that makes you miserable. And it should not be that type of discipline which uh, just uh, make you wither away. Gurudev, in today's world, uh, we are empowering women to take on worldly achievements and also take care of the household chores. Uh, while men are not conditioned like that even in the 21st century, sometimes marriage seems like a patriarchal setup. What can be done to take care of this? You mean men should take care of the house also, household work, they should start cooking and all that stuff, right? I think they have started, but they are a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> you are right, they are lagging behind, but they'll men are a little slow to learn. <laughs> yeah, they will learn. Today we are we live in a society where everyone has shared responsibility. Gurudev, uh, how does one prepare and cope when one of the partners departs for the other world after a very long innings? No, sometimes uh, you get a ticket in the earlier flight and the other goes by the later flight. So, you say, well, we'll see you later after a few years. And goodbye, have a safe journey. Be there. Bid them a good farewell. Of course, it will be emotionally challenging. And uh, if you are grief-stricken, it is because of, not for them, but for yourself. Your connection to them makes you miserable. You are thinking about yourself, so you are sad. But think about them, you know, they are on their onward journey. You must always wish whatever is the best for the other person, let that happen. When that happens, come in terms with that. Be happy that they are not suffering anymore. Gurudev, is it important to reaffirm your love even after four decades of marriage? <laughs> <laughs> You know, in our Vedic system, there is such a beautiful thing. The anniversaries are celebrated and there is Shashti Abdapurthi. After 60 years and both couple, they remarry. It is like a marriage happening again um, with all kids and grandchildren, everybody around, showing that, you know, relationship is beyond time. And it is not just time bound, but it is eternal. The bonding is divine and it is nurtures the entire institution of family. And this you see in all other cultures too. There's some sort of celebrations, you know, silver jubilee and golden jubilee celebrations, they do around the world, everywhere. The ancient people of this planet, they had great vision. They were great psychologists. In India, of course, the Vedic Rishis had profound knowledge. But you can find uh, parallels of this in all other cultures also, in South America, in Europe, in Australia, everywhere, even the Aboriginal people, they do have um, rituals for keeping the spirit alive, making people realize the, the value of spirit. And this is timeless wisdom, I tell you, this is timeless wisdom. Gurudev, we see many conflicts in relationships. So, how can we overcome this and develop unconditional love? Forget about unconditional love. <laughs> if you think of unconditional love, then you become more miserable. It's okay if there is conditional love also. Leave some room for conflicts also. You don't want everyone to be just like you. It will be so dull and boring for you. Suppose there is no conflict at all, then also you will find it very boring, it will move away. And it is a conflict, also uh, has a place. And when you give its due uh, place, you know, life becomes more challenging <laughs> and interesting and more loving also. Humor is very essential in life and especially in relationships. It can ease the anger, it can uh, bring down the high temperature that you get on by some serious dialogue. See, even differences can remain 
But when there is humor, it won't be harmful. Without humor, the differences can divide you and put you in, in different corners. But humor is a, is a binding force. And how do you cultivate humor? Not by watching some humor show. No, it comes with a total uh, sense of integrity from within you. Integrity can create on one side anger, on another side humor. So it's better to bring humor in life and which is just a reflection of an integrated personality, a strong um, and pleasant personality. Gurudev, is there a difference between court marriages and traditional marriages? Are Hindu marriage rituals, do they have an impact on the quality of one's marriage? Well, court marriage is for legal purposes, but ritual has some significance. Naming ceremony, marriage ceremony, final rites in life, all these rituals are profound and they do make sense, you know. And it is an emotional and spiritual bonding that happens in the Hindu rituals. And the seven steps you take or seven vows you take, and you take the entire cosmos as your witness. See, fire is everywhere. If there is no fire, there is no life on planet Earth. So, you make the sun, moon, fire, water, earth, these elements of creation as your witness for the marriage. It has so much depth. You know, it is amazing. Even the mantra, shlokas that are read in Vedic ritual, if you understand the meaning of it, just take someone to a very different level of bonding altogether. Gurudev, if divine love is the ultimate relationship that one can experience in this life, where does the need to be in a romantic relationship arise from? When this realization happens, then you have romance with the entire creation. A divine is not somewhere sitting in the heaven. Divine is in the very core of the whole existence. So, when you realize that you are connected to the center core and you are radiating that love from within and you see that love being coming to you manifold from the creation, then there is juice in life, there is romance. That is divine romance. A romance which doesn't have uh, any demands. A romance which never loses its charm. That is divine. Hope you liked the episode. Follow Art of Living with Gurudev only on Spotify to get the latest updates.